friends and foes, welcome to Brushwork Podcast. My name is Stephanie Scott, and today we're talking about the divine feminine and censorship with my very special guest, Cassidy Austin. Cassidy is an oil painter who paints the feminine figure through classical techniques and bold innovation. Join us in a talk today about the life of an artist, what it's like to be censored on most social media apps, and what happens when you focus on improving your weaknesses. Without further ado, here's the interview. Friends and foes, this is Cassidy Austin of Cassidy Austin Studios, and I am so excited to talk to you today. Too excited. We're just too excited over here. I'm just buzzing. (laughs) (laughs) So, Cassidy, can you give me, for those of you who don't know Cassidy, can can you give me a, a description of what you make? I help women become the works of art that they were meant to be. I love painting fine art nude and helping women realize really how beautiful that they are and that society is meant like it's messed with us and that's not okay and no matter what shape or skin color whatever you are you're beautiful and you deserve to be a work of art because you are one so I like to paint ladies primarily oil paintings um I used to do acrylic back when I was younger and one random day I had stopped painting for a while came back into it and for whatever reason I was just an oil painter all of a sudden so yeah primarily oil paintings but I have been dabbling in some mixed media work as well Cassidy has been doing this reclamation series lately and you your work is so cool it's You've been doing some glow-in-the-dark or like blacklight paintings <laughs> over older paintings you've made, and I I love it. Can you tell me a little bit about that series? Of course. Oh, I love it. So I went through... It's kind of an interesting one. It's more than just a simple statement. It goes back a ways. So it's reclamation. I'm reclaiming things from my past. So going to art school... I was taught rules and regulation and there are parameters kind of in the same thread as, you know, women in society. We are told to be these specific things and you really can't break outside of that box. So I had all these old pieces that I had created through academia and just the last few years even. And They never resonated with me, but I felt like I needed to paint them. I was expected to create these pieces. And so I held on to them, but they never really were me. They never felt genuine. Mm -hmm. So Reclamation started one day where I was looking at these beautiful, pristine new canvases in my studio. And I decided, well, I have these other ones. Why don't I just take them back? Why don't I reclaim them? Why don't I say, you know what? This is the way it's going to be. I'm taking control back. And I went over these pieces and I broke them. I do this thing where I like to break my paintings. I love that. And I took plaster, I took gesso, and just smothered them. And it was marvelous. (laughs) It was very liberating. And then I created these women on top of that, you know, smothered canvas And reclaimed them to what I wanted them to be, more sensual, more colorful, more liberated. I started putting in some really interesting elements with glow in the dark and making them really fun and hiding hidden messages and creating pieces that were not just a work of art that you would see during the day. There's one that's the kind of 
the lead piece that I would say she's very large. She measures, gosh, 48 inches tall by 70, no, 60 inches wide. So she's four feet by five feet. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) I love her. Um, And I simply call her I am. And it's a little play on religion um, and kind of the experience of that conditioning growing Mm up. And um, I, I found this medium that was a glow in the dark and I decided that I was going to write these hidden messages in it and they were all affirmations like very powerful statements I am statements I am enough I am woman I am here I am allowed and just it was a really emotional piece for me but the response that I've received from this is just so heartwarming and so empowering and so exciting and I'm so ready to share that and to help other women get to that point in their lives where they're just like, screw it all. This is, there are no rules. I get to make the rules. I am. And that's enough. This energy you've, you've created is really contagious. And I, <laughs> when, I when I met you, it was a, a couple of years ago on, through Twitch, Casta used to stream on Twitch. And maybe you'll come back to that at some point. But you... You had these beautiful portraits, and I was like, oh, these are cool, these are cool. And then you started doing this series, and that's when I was like, oh, sh- oh snap. <laughs> Cassidy's doing something really cool. I love- Cassidy's Kate- mad. <laughs> Cassidy's, Cassidy's taking off, and I, you, it's it's shown up in so many so many ways. It, it feels like a very transformative moment, and that's why I was like, I gotta, I gotta interview Cassidy, because this is cool. This is, like, different than anything I've ever seen, and- it's it's amazing. I love secrets in art. I love putting in hidden messages, and I love oh, that they're so good. They're so good. I I do it with my abstract work, but I love seeing it in portrait painting. And that's that's incredible. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's very very cool. Can you tell me about what it took to become an artist for you? Like, what is your training like? But also, at what point in your life were you like, I want to do art all the time? Yeah. That is such a good question. And it's one of my favorites because it's probably the hardest one to answer. And mm-hmm. I think this is the question that everyone asks themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's always like the stereotypical question. Like there could be so many responses. And I feel like we as artists are like, oh my gosh, I have to have this incredible response. <laughs> <laughs> like it has to be this amazing life altering thing. For me, it wasn't. <clears throat> It was just when I was a little girl, you know how you get crayons and you play and you draw and you do colored pencils and things. I just never really stopped. And I remember being in middle school and I decided that I there was one extracurricular course and it was an art course and the professor retired the year I was supposed to be able to be eligible to take that class. And I cried. I was so upset. That's tragic. And it was very upsetting (laughs) for like a little 12 year old Cassidy. (laughs) So high school rolls around, you get more electives. And I always ended up taking all the art classes. I took like introduction to web design. I took photography, animation. I just took all of them except for ceramics. I took every possible thing. I just didn't have enough time in my curriculum to do it. So 
it was always within me. It was always a safe space. It was always something that I felt comfortable doing. I didn't know that I wanted to be an artist. I just knew that those were the extracurriculars I wanted to do because I didn't play sports and I I didn't really do theater or band or anything like that. So in school, I was the artist. I was the nerdy one that just drew over in the corner. (laughs) But my parents were both both very hands-on. My mother sewed a lot and crafted a lot when I was growing up. So I think it was just very natural for me to gravitate towards more creative endeavors in that sense. But there was a turning point. If I have like one of those epiphany moments, there was a moment where I was going to college for my art degree because it just felt like the most direct path and I thought I was an adult and so I dropped out of school oh my gosh yeah (laughs) went on my life went on my merry little way and had some situations occur and things some very traumatic for me just they were very pivotal in my life and um, they're actually a big part of my story and why I am now creating and why I am an artist because of these traumatic events. And in that traumatic event, art pulled me out. So that was when I discovered oil paint was in this moment in my life. And I got out of this situation and said, you know what, I'm going to go back to school. And the only thing that I know how to do is art. So I'm going to go back to school for art. Nice. And right. (laughs) And I had this passion for wanting to help women and getting them through what I went through and those traumatic relationships and wanting them to feel proud and powerful and being able to stand up for themselves. And I decided to go back to school and on a whim, it was, I, funny enough, Today is actually the seven-year anniversary of no me. Yeah, I Facebook reminded me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> of me finding out that I was accepted from a program that I applied to on a whim. It was like divine inspiration <laughs> to apply to a study abroad program in Florence, Italy. And I found out like seven years ago today and I just had the little picture pop up and was like remember this um yeah how could I forget that was amazing (laughs) remember this pivotal moment in your life that's really really awesome how long did you study in Florence for I was fortunate enough it was a year-long program and when I was there for the one year I said this isn't long enough I need to do this for the following year nice And I applied again, and they approved me. So I was able to go to school in Italy for two years. And I actually have more education in Italy than I do in the United States. (laughs) It's funny how things like that happen. (laughs) It's very interesting, but it was, it's crazy. I still can't believe it happened. You must have a big love for Florence. It's such a beautiful city. (laughs) We're not going to get into it, because otherwise this podcast is going to be me talking about Florence. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's that's incredible. You know, it's kind of funny. I also had a moment when in my life where I went to Italy to study and I did it for two summers in a row, not two full years, but two summers. Really? And it changed the way I made art. And that's it also does. a study, a story for another time. But Oh my gosh, we need to, we need to do another one just about our <laughs> trips to Italy. <laughs> Maybe we should have a, like a, 
um, a residency episode. I think that would be fun. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk. That should be fun. <laughs> Gosh, it must have been... I, I love I love when you do something on a whim and, you know, it's it feels like very uh, magic in a way, but it's also like you have to have the guts to apply. And you're like, it oh, might yeah. be like two in the morning when I do this, but also <laughs> something told me to do it. It it was okay. Let me set the let me set the scene. <laughs> okay, okay. I I dropped out of school yeah. ten years yeah. prior. I had two F's on my transcript because I didn't understand what dropping out meant and I didn't know that you had to withdraw. So my GPA was like a one. Wow. To get into this program, you had to be, you know, an, a, a good student. You had to have that GPA. More than a single I point. I don't know what. <laughs> I have no, I have no idea how I did it. I aced, I, I was like, I have to get a 4.0 on every class from here on out to bring the GPA average from 10 years ago up to the level that it needs to be to get accepted in this program. <laughs> no idea how I did it. <laughs> I, I don't know, but it, it worked. I did it. <laughs> that was insane. That is a little insane. And I, and I love this for you. <laughs> can you tell me about your studio practice can you tell me about your what is like a day in the life of Cassidy the artist uh, a day in the life yeah I'm extremely fortunate to have a space now when mm -hmm. I first started out technically it was kind of the same space I'm in a one-car garage nice in my home and I live with family so doors aren't really a thing in the <laughs> theoretical aspect of that. Like people just walk in. <laughs> they're not doors, they're portals. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it started off with me making sure that I had boundaries. Um, and I very slowly, my studio started off as a storage unit mm. in the garage. And so I had these massive racks of shelves with like just, boxes and storage it was not conducive to creativity it was not inspiring it was very oppressive and overwhelming so my studio practice started with me kind of setting those boundaries for people um and it's carried through to today so what i start with and it's almost like a schedule where we kind of work together mm. i know when people are going to be up in my family so I do a lot of my admin work in the morning. So nice. when I come into the studio, I am usually dealing with social media or marketing, my emails, things of that nature. And then when everyone's kind of gone for the day, which it's backwards, it ends up being in the evening when most people are gone. Hmm. That's when I start to paint. So I will have my time where I'll turn my radio on, shut my door. I have a essential oil diffuser that I'll have going and I'll put in whatever I feel I need for that day for inspiration. And I will paint from about five o'clock in the afternoon till about eight o'clock in the evening. But everything else is literally admin from like 9am till five. I so my life. there's so much that goes on behind the scenes, marketing, emails. It's just, it's a lot of work. It's but I love it. 
you it sounds like you spend more time doing the admin stuff than painting i do yeah i'm the same way i (laughs) i have a very similar schedule as yours i i spend my mornings just doing emails working on the website doing social media and then i'm like i might paint for two hours that'll be fun (laughs) (laughs) if i'm lucky i'll get to it it's like my treat because the way my mind works, I was recently diagnosed with ADHD um, in October of 2020. Mm. So being able to work that into a system, I've realized that I need to have a very rigid structure for myself. Otherwise, I'll just go off. Like, rabbit hole galore, doesn't matter. I will spend a whole day hyperfixated on figuring out this one paint tube and the origin of the design of it and why... It's called PBR12. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, the mm-hmm. pigment color. Like, so having this schedule helps my family and helps me maintain that consistency so that I do know, okay, I feel like I've accomplished all the business stuff and I can relax now. And I can do me now and paint and create. And I can get into that really emotional state and create these pieces for my clients create these pieces for myself and just channel in that beauty once I've kind of cleared out all of the the cobwebs of business I would say yeah I know this is a goal for me someday but and I'm wondering if it's a goal for you do you eventually hope to be able to hire someone to help you manage your social media my gosh you have no idea (laughs) it's a lot of work yes I there's I want to hire a virtual assistant and that's what a gallery is from my understanding Hmm. in the way that I perceive it a gallery is the marketer is the they kind of do the business side of things so it's if you are doing your own you kind of take that role and that is the admin side that is the you know 12 hour morning yeah (laughs) It would be very, very nice to have a virtual assistant. I was actually talking to someone who was with a gallery um, a couple months ago, and she's like, yeah, my my gallery said they would do all that, but they do a lot less of that than I thought. And it was like a bucket of cold ice. I was like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess it depends on who who you pick and who picks you. But oh, man, yes, an assistant would be very, very nice. Um, What is your, what is one thing of the business side of your artistic practice that you really struggle with the most, but you've, you've learned about and you've gotten better at consistency. Mm. It's going down those rabbit holes, holding myself accountable, knowing that I need to show up every day. And that changes for every, every person. Yeah. What showing up for me is totally different than what showing up for you looks like mm-hmm. or anyone else who's doing this. <clears throat> but what for are... me, it means sitting in my studio. Mm-hmm. Like I have to be here every day. <laughs> what are some supports you've installed in your, I guess, your systems of your life that encourage that? Ooh. Like, do you have like alarms? Do you got like <laughs> notes all over the place? Yeah. I don't know. I don't have alarms. Um, I have like 25 journals that I'm notorious for buying and thinking it's going to be the life-saving godsend that's going <laughs> to keep me on track. And then I set it down and forget about it. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, really funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's pretty bad. 
I actually, I think it's the people in my life. It's my family. It's the individuals around me that we've, that I have an incredible support system. They're not directly supporting me, but they are aware of what my goals are. They know that this is my passion. They know that this is what I'm doing. And I have people that will take off some of the stress from me to help me facilitate my mind to be in this space to create it sounds like they really respect your work and that's very cool it's very yeah um something that has taken a lot of time a lot of patience and a lot of very honest conversations Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what's some what's some advice you would give a beginner painter who also has adhd and wants to be a professional (laughs) there are no rules there there is no parameter there is no right way to do anything and that goes with the entirety of your existence in life everything that someone says i'm going to speak in regard to art specifically because Mm -hmm. that's what we're talking about but if someone says you need to do it this way you can't chase the form you can't put a line around the body it looks bad quote unquote no, it doesn't. There are no rules. Do whatever the hell you want. Have fun. Play. Explore. Make a mess. Make stuff that doesn't look good. Get dirty. Have fun. And just let it out. That's- and don't put pressure on yourself to feel that you have to do anything. Just showing up for yourself is enough to start the ball rolling. But you have to show up. You gotta show up. That's Getting into the studio is some of the hardest parts for some artists. Um, and especially when I was a beginner, I was like, just get there. Like, just pick up a paintbrush and get there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was raised from, you know, starting in high school that my professors hated it. I never came with a study. I never came with a sketch. I never had any concepts, no thumbnails, nothing for what I was doing. I just did it. And they hated it because it wasn't academic, right? Mm -hmm. It was just very like, it was very intuitively led. And I still paint that way today. That's your brand now. Yeah. (laughs) So there are, again, there are no rules. Just as long as you show up. You know you the best, whether you know it or not. And that's, I wish I could say that in clearer terms, because it's very philosophical. <laughs> yeah, I I wish I had a better way to say it. No, that was good. That was good. I, I, I feel <laughs> like when you're trying to say something good to someone and you're like, just show up and, you know, stop taking yourself so seriously and remember to have fun. Gosh, you know, the amount of years I forgot to have fun with art. It's too numerous. Oh man, (laughs) I'm just now starting to have fun. And I've been doing this quote unquote since high school and I'm 35. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm now starting to have fun. I'm now starting to say, ah, fuck it. I'm just going to do whatever. This is going to be great. I'm going to play. I'm going to see what this does. (laughs) I'm going to break my painting. It doesn't have to be pretty. I don't care. (laughs) 
What are some projects that you're working on right now? Um, you've, we've already talked about your reclamation series and you've been doing a lot of really beautiful portraits. Let me just say like your commissions. They're nice. Thank you. I've been playing a lot. Um, that's kind of a theme for this past year has really been just to learn, uh, to take the time and to explore. I'm, trying to see what feels right and I always feel like I'm a pendulum where I swing from one extreme of styles to another and then back again and the portraits were really fun and I'm still still doing them but I'm now swinging to the other side uh where I'm playing with a little more of an illustrative approach Mm. with more line work more mixed media kind of working with um oil paint markers and kind of crayon like oil pastel crayons and pulling in inspiration from other people and so the whole series that I'm dealing with right now is really just play it's just exploration and just allowing that freedom that liberation to come through I'm so excited to see what you create next you have <laughs> you have such such skills and you, you can really tell that you've been studying hard and you've been painting for a long time. And I love that now you get to really show off those those skills you've built up and be able to make something that's, you know, outside of the realms of your previous imagination. And it's, it's very, very, very cool. Thank you. It's, I think, one of the most exciting parts about being an artist. And you can't do this until you decide to let go. And once you get over that fear and you just start making work, just, just make it. And then you look back on the work that you've made during that period and you'll start to see a theme. You start to see how this piece bled or infiltrated or affected or inspired that piece. And then how that one merged into that one. And you can just go down the timeline and see, I just recently with this play session that I'm in, yeah, took paper, tore up newspaper, put it down as a base, painted some portraits on it that kind of coincide with I am and the words and the hidden messages. So I'm putting affirmations on them. And I looked back and I realized I've done this before. Really? I did this back in 2007. (laughs) And to see that thread, to make that connection, it's like, I, I'm in the right place. Like, this is so fulfilling as an artist. If someone is struggling and you don't know where you're going and you feel lost and you're floundering and not finding inspiration, but if you go back through and you look at what you've done in the past and you'll find those threads, it's so reaffirming and it helps you realize you really do know yourself and you really are on the perfect path. I totally second this. I look back into work I did even three or four years ago, and I'm like, oh, I can see the progression here. I can see where my thought process is going and the color stories are going. And it's it's very, very fun. Don't throw away all your old work. I mean, if you do throw it away, take pictures yeah. <laughs> so you can go back and study I love, it. I love looking back on old work and seeing it. It's so, it's so good. Do you ever look back at your beginner pieces and you're just like, aw, baby Cassidy. So cute. <laughs> 
yeah, I do. I I just pulled out a binder that I had page protected. Oh my god. These old pieces from like 2002. Like I I was in high school, I don't know. Yeah, very much. I I definitely need to share them on social media and be like, "Look, this is where I was." It's totally every stage is valid. Every stage is valid. Like yeah, yeah, I I tried to I had to at one point like change my thinking of, you know, this old piece that I did that was very like academic. I'm like, this isn't a bad drawing. This is someone who just really wants to learn. Mm-hmm. And it's good. But it's there's good. no right or wrong way. It's I was taught to draw a human figure as a human figure, as a photograph. Mm-hmm. And for me, okay, sure, I can paint marvelous i i could take a picture of someone or have someone live and i can paint them and it looks like i took a picture great great (laughs) for me that just feels like i we have this amazing technology it's called a camera it's beautiful why would i i'm not talking bad on people who do hyper realism because oh my gosh that's incredible but for me i don't find that inspiring for myself to create it and so when I see people who take the human body and kind of characterize it, they they push the form a little, they make it not perfect. I'm just in awe. Like, oh my gosh. There's a quote by Picasso mm. where I believe he said it took him four years to learn to paint like a master and then a lifetime to learn to paint like a child. Yeah. Something along those lines. And that's right, yeah. Now I 1000% agree. And I get that quote so deeply, it resonates. <laughs> I can't wait to see what your art list is going to look like in another 10 years or 20 years. Oh <laughs> That's a lot of oh experience trying to be a kid. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to circle back to social media and branding. So yesterday I was looking up Cassidy on Instagram to send her a message to be like, hey, we're interviewing tomorrow and I couldn't find her account. And I think this is a major issue with some, the kind of work that you make, but also any kind of work that shows, I don't know, a single nipple. Yes. Yeah. Is this a major problem for you? Does this happen? Does this like. It is a major problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to admit when you messaged me yesterday and you told me about this, my heart sunk a little. <laughs> I believe it. I was, it was like sad. <laughs> yeah, it's I've experienced it before and I've known about it. So what we're talking about is censorship mm-hmm. for people who are like, what? Uh-huh. what's going on? So you called it soft censorship, right? Yeah. And I thought that was a brilliant way to put it because it's something I've never really thought about. It just kind of is with my art because I paint nudity. My nudity that I do work on is very, I like to say it's classy. I like to say it's... It's very classy. Tasteful. (laughs) Exactly. And it's just the body. It's just the human body in its raw beauty. And in living in Europe for two years, there's definitely a different perspective of the human form. Mm Mm-hmm. And especially dealing with the public and sexuality and sensuality, 
here in America, coming back, there was definitely a bit of a reverse culture shock. And it saddens me to hear from you reaching out yesterday mm-hmm. about this soft censorship of my account, which was interesting because I just reached a milestone of 10K followers. Which is amazing. In a relatively short period of time. So it was like, it's interesting. Yeah. What happened was I was typing in Cassidy Austin Studios, which is her username on Instagram. And Cassidy has a couple of other accounts dedicated to clothing and her personal account. And those showed up. But Cassidy Austin Studios, which has 10K followers, would not show up on the list. And I had to like go through her other accounts to even find her. And I've been following Cassidy for a long time. It's wild. And then you see your reels and stuff, and they have many, 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 many views, and they're like doing very, very well. And I'm like, this is aggravating. It, it yes, it doesn't make sense. I get it. I understand. And this prompted me to do a little bit of digging and soul searching yesterday. I actually yeah. took about an hour to just sit and kind of meditate on this and yeah. figure out, okay. Do I still want to be painting nude? Because it feels like an uphill battle. Mm-hmm. I love the human body. I think that that's, this is what I'm fighting against, is the oppression of just our sheer existence. Mm-hmm. And it's overwhelming because I feel I'm one person. You know, that self-defeating or imposter syndrome sneaks in and it's like, well, who am I to yeah. be? Yeah. <laughs> To do this, I'm just one person, but then I think, no, this is important because there are so many other women. I was shamed in my life, my real life, Mm -hmm. for my own body. I was shamed in art school for painting my own body. There was never, there was never an acceptance of it. And when my, my account finally reached the numbers that it did, I thought, oh, I had broken through this you know, um, ceiling shadow ban. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Oh, I'm finally being seen because there are other artists that paint fine art nude. And it's actually in, there are very specific platforms that I can be on Yeah, because of my content. I cannot be on TikTok. Mm -hmm. I cannot be on Twitch. Uh, there's a couple others, but I'm on Instagram because According to their terms of service, their TOS, they do allow artwork. Yet I'm still being censored. I'll take it as a backhanded compliment that my work is just too <laughs> realistic. That <laughs> it looks too much like a photograph, so their algorithms are blocking it. That's kind of how I mentally like yeah. feel better about it. <laughs> oh, I hope you don't stop painting the the body. It's it's so good. And y'all, if you want to see her work. If you look up her account and you can't find her Instagram, you need to go to her whole website, which will be linked in the show notes. But they're so good. I love, I'm like, do I need to commission you? I might need to commission you. They're so good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if my memory serves, I still have a photograph of you that I need to paint. That's true. That's true. But it's not like tits out. So like. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Gotta do something awesome. Yeah, that's, that's, it's censorship's a lot. It's an uphill battle and I hope you keep fighting the good cause because I I do have other friends who make artwork that is much more explicit than what you make and they are suffering the same sort of thing and it's a lot Um, yeah it's hard it's hard 
on the flip side, it's discouraging. We'll say that it's discouraging. It's discouraging. On the flip side, you did just say that you had a milestone um, of, you know, the vanity metrics of, of followers, which are very, very cool. I did notice a a big transformation in how you did your branding in the last year okay. or so. Can you talk about that? Like, did you study something? Did you like, how did you did. transform your, your systems? So branding, I did, I did a couple things. Um, this last year, again, on that theme of play and learning, I decided that I don't know what I'm doing and it's okay. Mm-hmm. And I thought I did because in my past I, you know, ran a company and was like, oh, I know how to do things, right? Yeah. Realized I really don't and I need an expert. So I signed up for a course hmm. and I think it was like a 12 week long course specifically for Instagram on how to do marketing. And while the biggest struggle that I'm finding currently is that everything that's built around coursework or marketing and education, it's really, really geared toward other businesses, like product-based businesses, things of that nature, not art. Art is so nuanced and it's very difficult. So trying to kind of wrap my brain around that, um, I had to be okay with trying everything yeah. to figure out what works for the art world, what works for sharing my art, for talking about it. Because the the content types, what you talk about, how you promote, how you um, interact with people is different for a product-based business or a coaching business or something along these lines, which is what these social media marketing courses were for. So I just kind of tried everything. <laughs> I got over myself real fast. We'll just say that. I might go with like out the door. I was like, all right, let's try it. I don't care if I look like an idiot. Let's go. And it worked. I found something that resonated that felt felt good. And the, there was one reel that just took off. And I was shocked because it was not my best work. Yeah, It was this weird exploration piece that I did when I was really, really mad one day and I decided to videotape it. (laughs) And I put it to some trending audio that wasn't even really trending, but I liked it. And apparently so did a lot of other people. Incredible. So I got out of my own way. We'll say that. We'll say that. That is most excellent. What are some of the biggest tips you have for someone trying to up their branding game? In dealing with social media specifically, mm-hmm. I would say keeping an eye on just what's happening and jump on it. Mm. See what other people are doing and try doing something similar yourself and do it over and over and over again. And it doesn't matter. Have fun with it mm-hmm. and play. It really is. That's like my whole thing this year It's just play. You got to play. You got to play. Have you noticed a difference in your um in your sales since this change in branding? I have I have. Yeah. It's been I've gotten so much feedback from people. So many people have come to me and it's much more of a personal connection mm-hmm. that I've had with people. Oh, that's another thing. I'm going to add a little caveat to the play Ooh, tell me. feature. Respond to everybody. Oh, yeah. Every comment, everything, talk to them. 
about- just get in the trenches. <laughs> you got to build relationships. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. So I've noticed that out of all of my my sales, there's been so much more of a positive connection. People are telling me their stories. It's just beautiful and moving. And I would say that is the biggest takeaway out of all of it for me. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very mo- it's emotional. It like I have this album on my phone where I'll screenshot some of the messages and just send them to store them. And if I'm having a bad day or I'm questioning why I'm doing what I'm doing Mm because being an artist isn't always the easiest. I go into that album and I see these wonderful comments that people have left for me. And it just, it changes your whole mood. That's genius. It makes me realize, yeah, it makes me realize why I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this to help other women and other people through whatever they're going through and help them realize really how beautiful they are and that they are a work of art and they deserve to be celebrated. That's gorgeous. I love the idea of having a folder of good things that people have told you uh, to it's defeat great. the imposter because who needs imposter syndrome? Not us. Mm-mm. It's a vicious one. It's vicious. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta arm yourself with good things. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So my, my last questions for you. What is something um, that you got going on in your future? Any future projects happening? I do. I mean, beside painting. Besides painting, you know, the main thing. I need more <laughs> naked bodies. Um, I've had a lot of people requesting. I used to teach. I, when I was in Florence, I was actually requested by the university to teach a summer program. And so that was very comfortable for me and I'm sure in your experience of hanging out with me on my stream that I was very open to teaching. I would just go for like eight hours. (laughs) (laughs) I was really bad at boundaries. I'm still learning my own boundaries, but I love talking to people. I love supporting them and helping them find that inspiration because everyone is creative. Yeah. And if you say you're not, I want to help you find that. And I've had quite a few people who have requested, you know, are you teaching again? Are you coaching? I please like, I need you in my life. (laughs) (laughs) So I have decided that I will ideally by the end of this year, be putting together a program, either coaching or teaching art or working with a little bit of that mindset and kind of art therapy and building building that out. So that is kind of a this is the first first little iteration of that. So I'm really excited about it. That's going to be so fun. All right. Um y'all, if you want to learn from Cassidy, you should send her a DM or something and maybe she'll put you on a list. <laughs> yes, I do. I do have an email list that uh will be getting all the deets. So that's, Sign up for that one. That's really, really cool. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for coming and chatting with me today. This has been most excellent. I am so excited and so grateful for this opportunity to chat with you. And I definitely think we should look into this, like, the, um, what was it that you called it? The, the soft banning, the censorship, the... <laughs> well, that one too. All that. <laughs> 
Illinois. We, um, with our Italy experiences. Oh, residency. We should do a residency yes, episode. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Okay, yeah, let's do that. That's going to be excellent. Cassidy, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on my website, because apparently that's easier than the Instagram at the moment. But my website is CassidyAustin.com. So my first name and last name. But Instagram is my social media. I am active on there every day. And that is Cassidy, C-A-S-S-I-D-Y, dot Austin, just like the city in Texas, dot studios, plural. And that's Instagram. Perfect. I will have all those links um, in the episode description if you are interested in seeing Cassidy's work, which you should be because they're very, very cool. And uh, yeah, and that's all for today. Thanks, Cassidy. You're so welcome. Thank you for having <laughs> me. Can't wait for the next one. <laughs> Thank you.